Thank you for joining us on this podcast. You will be listening in on a conversation between Brandon Poe and Penny Fair about mentorship and professional development for accountants. Penny Fair is the co-founder of Ashgrove Learning, a full-service resource center that helps accounting practitioners throughout Canada with all their public practice questions, research, practice aids, and professional development resources. Prior to creating Ashgrove Learning, Penny was a practice inspector with CGA Alberta from 1996 to 2014 and sold her accounting practice of 22 years in 2012. Brandon Poe is the founder of Poe Group Advisors, a leading-edge practice brokerage firm serving accountants in the U.S. and Canada. Brandon is also the author of Accountant's Flight Plan, Best Practices for Today's Firms. Today I'm talking with Penny Fair, who is the owner of Ashgrove Concepts. And Penny, thank you for joining me today. Oh, thank you. Penny, Penny and I, uh, just a little background on how we met. Um, Penny sold her practice in Edmonton, Alberta, a few years ago, and we helped with that. And when she left public accounting, she went on to form Ashgrove Concepts. Uh, will you tell us just a little bit about Ashgrove? Uh, Ashgrove Concepts was kind of an idea we came up with, my husband and I, before we sold the pro- practice, um, but more so when we sold the practice as our idea of moving forward in life after being in public practice. Uh, my husband and I both have been involved lots with higher level of dealing with uh, accountants and practitioners and working with uh, the provincial and national bodies with respect to assisting in standards. And what we've both noticed over the years is sometimes there just aren't enough resources. So Ashgrove Concepts was an idea of providing something a little more, a little different to, to help practitioners along the way. You know, you told me when you when you left, you wanted to stay connected to accountants involved and stay involved with public practice. So tell me a little bit about that. You mentioned some mentorships that you've done in the past, and that was a big part of what you're doing now. Yes, before, um, before while we were in public practice, uh, we... I, I did a lot of mentorship through the provincial body um, for new practitioners that were coming in. So before I left the practice, I was already doing mentorship. So I continue to do that now. And as part of that, I was also a practice inspector for the Nash, the provincial body for 18 years. So working with practitioners, it involves such a teaching and learning part. It was just a natural place for me to extend after public practice. I found that small practitioners in particular, and and often newer ones, but not just the newer ones, it's hard to reach out to other people without going to, you know, let's say uh, a group of people. There's not very many individuals out there you can just reach out to and ask questions and get help with. So that's kind of where the beginning of what we started doing came from. Right. Yeah, and they don't want to reach out to a competitor. Now, when you when you talk to startup practitioners, do you find that they mostly want practice management advice, or are they often looking for technical assistance? It tends to be a little bit of both sometimes. We all, through our lives, 
need technical advice on different issues, then startup practitioners often tend to need a little more, especially if they don't have a lot of practical experience. And with the practice side of it, sometimes it just kind of, the technical and the practice management side come together because quite often problems with a client, a technical issue, really evolve from the fact that are they actually dealing with the right kind of client or should they have maybe went a different direction with that client right off the beginning. So the management part starts to come in as a result of the technical part. So it's interesting with those younger or newer practitioners, they often don't see that part when they're first starting out. So sometimes I can help guide them and change the direction for them that way. Right. Give them back up and give them a bigger perspective and say, well, maybe you shouldn't be offering this service or maybe you shouldn't be serving this client, that sort of thing. Those kinds of things, exactly, yeah. Now, how long how long were you in public practice before you sold? I was in public practice probably, well, in my own practice, over 25 years. And then I have to say I probably had another five years on top of that. That's aging wow. myself. But <laughs> <laughs> Can be a lonely place. Yeah, absolutely. I I remember when I opened my practice, and you know, as soon as you left the bigger firm, it was very different not being able to go down the hall and ask your other experts within the firm uh, the questions that you would normally not think twice about answering on a day, asking on a daily basis. Right. Now, when you were in practice, uh, would you share your some of your biggest mistakes and biggest successes? Oh, yes. I believe when I started and all the way through my practice, I made as many mistakes as anybody else out there. I think I made all the mistakes and fortunately had the ability, the time and guidance around me to to make decisions to lead me on the correct path to be able to expand the business and eventually to sell it. Right. Now, Ascorp Concepts covers several areas of service. What are your key products and what do you believe makes them successful? Uh, if we talked, mentioned earlier, you, what, one of the biggest things I do is mentor new practitioners. Um, I have a fairly large client base of new practitioners who need assistance, and um, that comes partly through regulation and partly through word of mouth. And uh, I, I can give them the, the, the feedback and and let them learn from my experience as, as they're able to do. I also do quality control for practices who need their files reviewed. We try to make our services easily accessed so that we can modify for the particular practitioner or firm as they need it. So uh, it, it'll suit their needs as, as in addition to meeting their regular, regulatory needs. I was mentioning on the quality control that's one thing we often tell owners of a new practice is it's a good idea to have a reviewer as a, a technical reviewer to help them with anything that they're uncomfortable with when they buy their practice. We see that need out there quite a bit. Yeah, and like you touched on earlier, quite often practitioners don't like to go down the street to their competitor for that kind of help, which is why I just being a standalone person, no longer in public practice, but with the experience, we can offer that service on a, a very independent basis. So the mentoring, the quality control, 
coaching? Yes, we do lots of coaching, and we have practitioners who might call upon us to uh, just do a checkup on their practice, uh, do some practice management assistance from time to time, just tweaking here and there as they start to massage and grow and form their businesses they want the way they want them built. Um, so we do that on a one-on-one basis as needed. One of our biggest services right now is, uh, as well as we offer services, seminar services. We provide seminars in Alberta and BC right now. We are um, we pretty much stick to the major cities as we build our our client base. We've done private seminars to offices as well. So we've been very successful and flexible in that manner. Well, that's good. Now, the mentoring sounds really interesting. Why do you think, what prompts most accountants to, to choose to have a mentor? Well, before unification, I was a CGA, and the CGA program offered mentoring as a way for new practitioners to achieve their work experience requirements if there was a slight deficit in any way. It came about due to the fact that you didn't necessarily need to train in public practice before opening your firm. So it was a way of filling a weakness or a potential weakness in the system. So it was mandated. And the mentoring service there provides a thorough review of the file being prepared, and it consists of formal and informal feedback to the to the association and to the practitioner. So uh, there there is a formal report that goes to the association with respect to the files that are being reviewed. But we also, which is the most important part, we are able to provide a lot of informal feedback to the practitioner for developing their files in a more efficient and informational method. That's one way. Uh, some members just get into new areas and want a little more advice and an outlook, outside look at their files. So maybe not so much a quality control point of view, although sometimes it does uh, evolve into that. But just, you know, please just review my, review my file and make sure it's the way you would do it or have I missed anything. And so when you're a practitioner and you don't have somebody else in your office and you're trying something new, it's nice to have somebody else who can look at the file who might have done it and be able to give the feedback they need so that they get it right right off the bat. The other source I have is once the regulatory part of the mentoring services I offer is over with, uh, my, my clients often continue to use my services as they grow and evolve their businesses because their clientele changes and grows and they just like that extra bit of support and feedback as they go. Right. I can see how that would be very helpful. Absolutely. And there there are a lot of seminars and practice management and things like that out there. Why offer something different? Well, I guess personally, not everybody's the same and, and therefore I don't think every every delivery tool is perhaps the most suitable. My personal experience, I I always wanted value for money when I went to a seminar, and I always try to provide that to my clients. And within my seminars, I uh, want to try and make sure that my seminars are something you can take home, information you can take home and use immediately. 
one of the most frustrating things I ever had over the years was going to a seminar and being told, go back and relearn everything and then you'll be ready to go. I wanted to take what I learned that day and, and implement it immediately within my practice, and that's what I try to give my my clients is, is something that they can use right away, stay up to date, and, and be efficient and professional. I try to take everything that I learned from and make it available to them as a tool. Right. As far as tools, what's an example of one of your more popular tools? The tools I have and that people have chosen to use have been very popular. I have finished a, a package for compilation engagements, which uh, includes a working paper package, and it's both set up for manual users and for caseware users. Uh, I also have a sample working paper package that, that's been successful, and, and the first one being an engagement preparation package, and the working paper package is, is a sample of what you could download, and this is what a working paper file might look like. And, I'm trying also to set up the one for review engagements as well, which I hope to have released this spring and summer. These have been pretty popular. The sample engagement files have been very popular from that point of view. I kind of have an unsung hero, which I call it at this point, which is my sample manuals that we've created for office administration and, and other processes. It It was designed to cover everything from soup to nuts within the firm uh, that maybe doesn't necessarily get written down. Uh, there's an HR manual, which is geared for public practice as well. And I put them together so that they're easily customizable and cover a lot of the small things we overlook when we start growing our practices. Oh, those are, sound like, I mean, really good tools. And, you know, it's funny because when you give people a structure to go through, and they can pick up so many insights that, you know, they might not otherwise gain. And it sounds like you really have some tools that help people get organized and run their practices more smoothly. Incidentally, we just created a tool this winter that I'm quite excited about. We call it our, uh, our seller our evaluation scorecard. It's a really simple 12-question tool, and it, came about because we have seen the common threads of what successful firms look like and we boiled it down to these 12 questions and we're just, we just launched that at our, on our website, which is pogroupadvisors.com. Yeah, tool, I'm a, big, I'm a big believer in tools. It sounds like something any practitioner could use, with, use or use as a guide for any point in their career as, as an indication of where they're going. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, the, the scorecard matrix we sort of created as here's the ideal over here on the right side of the matrix, and on the left side of the matrix is, let's say, less than ideal, and then there are a couple of other uh, columns in between. So you can kind of chart where you are and where you want to go. Exactly. Penny, you mentioned that seminars are a big part of your business, and it seems to be a growing part. How do you keep people engaged during the day in a seminar? I try to make my seminars appropriate for the audience. I get people in my seminars who are 
experienced practitioners that are just trying to stay up to date and get their PD points in. And then I get the new guys that are starting out, and even I even get staff members. They might be students who haven't even seen a file yet and, and need to know how to put the file together. So what I try to do is, is, is engage everybody in the room. And as we're teaching a topic, we try to give lots of examples and, and pull examples from the experience within the room as well because those are the people that, that have stories to tell about mistakes in practice and the good things in practice that everybody can learn from and make relative to what they do back in their offices. Again, I, I want everybody to be able to take that information back to their office right away and understand how it applies to them. And I also make sure right. that my seminars are based on the stuff that they need to know that is practical to them as well. We do currently focus our seminars around uh, the engagements, the assurance and the non-assurance engagements, and stuff that people need to stay on top of. So annual working paper preparation seminars and standards updates. And I also try to do practice management seminars. And I want them to be totally relevant to what they do back in their offices. So I try to keep it at that level something comfortable, conversational that people will learn from. And I, I try to learn from each other as well so that it's not just me up there. We're all learning from each other and, and taking all our best practices and we right. can all learn from each other. Yes. So you just keep it very collaborative. It sounds like it's very conversational where so your more experienced people are are getting to share their experience with the younger people who are appreciating that. You just kind of keep the conversation going, that's a real, uh, that's a real talent and it's sort of uh, an art form, if you will, of leading a good group. And it sounds like you've got some key elements to that. Well, the, the group um, always makes a difference there, of course. <laughs> but, sure. Yeah, and keeping in mind, we still have a certain message to get out there, like like, like everybody comes away learning something, so, so the that the meat of the seminar still gets out there, even though we're collaborative. Right, right. Yeah, that's a, I bet that's a hard thing to uh, always accomplish. <laughs> you have to just stay on point. <laughs> um, well, it can be difficult, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell me, what do you want to do to make your services and products more accessible and um, how to create more value for your clients? What are you working on? These days, like I guess that's uh, the go- the goal of our of our company to start with is is uh, helping practitioners meet work life balance. Public practice is especially challenging with that, and people need a way to try and see focus and make that work. So I try to provide resources that will help them achieve that. Uh, first of all, providing computer based training to allow practitioners and staff easy access to, to my courses and my products. While I do deliver seminars in person, I do want to be able to make those available for my, my clients and, and for their staff so that, you know, for example, if you bring on a new staff member, the, the, the training process is incredibly huge and, and extended, whereas if there was a resource they could pull online, 
for when that new student first starts as opposed to waiting for when the seminar is available in person, it'd be nice to have that tool available for the practitioner and their students so that, okay, this is how you put a file together. Go through this seminar, then start your first client file, and then maybe go back and take it over again once you've done a couple files so that you can see how it all ties together. And that's the kind of thing I want to offer practitioners and, and their staff with just easy accessibility to our products. And I'm currently working on an upgrade to the website that is going to give me the ability to do that now. It's taken me a while to find the right product, but I believe I have the right one now. And in the next couple of weeks, we'll be rolling that kind of product out. So that's we're excited about that, and that's something we want to to get out there for to make it easier. So if, if uh, you've got a practitioner that is really busy but needs to get some points in. Um, if he wants to take a, a course at midnight, not that I promote that, that's not work-life balance, <laughs> but if you want to take a course at midnight, it'll be there. You can do it. That's what I want to do is make it relevant and, and attainable at the time my client wants it to happen. And with that, the extra resources that accompany everything I teach, I try to make those available so that you know, if you're trying to grow your practice and manage your practice, if you don't know how to do an HR manual, because as we both know, having systems documented and well-managed and followed leads to a, a more valuable, saleable, and productive, efficient practice. So if the tools aren't there for them, then there's no sense teaching it. So I'm trying to get the tools there as well as provide the information. That's, right. what, that's, that's where basically we're trying to go. That's exciting. I know there's uh, website projects are challenging and they involve a, a lot of work on the front end. So, be interesting to, interested to see that rolled out. So let me let me just kind of back up and get your perspective on the profession as a whole and where it's going. I think a lot of changes. Technology is changing the workplace somewhat. What do you think in the next ten years? What do you think the biggest opportunities for will be for the smaller practice owner? I think, well, first of all, I feel that the small practitioner, there's always going to be a need for, for that kind of practitioner, regardless of the big firms that provide the same services at a higher volume. The, the small practitioner will always be in demand. You know, we still have to do that face-to-face -face that people want to see and that local community feeling. Um, however, as people evolve and, and, and technology evolves, the biggest opportunity is going to be able to, to use the cloud in, for you know, client and file management and online server providers. I think there's a huge cost benefit and practice management benefit to having those things managed by people who do it better than us. <laughs> some of us are very good at the computer tech stuff, but some of them, some of us are not. So sometimes it's it, it's important and, and easier to rely on those those kinds of services, and they're getting better and better and more affordable all the time. So I think there's a huge opportunity there, and. Of course, that leads more towards paperless files, which are more and more common all the time now. And in addition, our clients are getting more and more cloud and computer savvy. So um, for those other clients that would prefer not to see you face-to-face, -face, having the ability and using technology to meet their goals and needs 
is also very important and a big opportunity. And I, I think embracing technology, the way it can be used, is yeah. really where, where our opportunities lie. I agree. I think that technology allows you to be more engaged with your clients. And I think the what I see is a real opportunity for practice owners to put those systems in place, have their practices more efficient, and spend more time creating more value for their clients. And that involves getting in front of them and finding out what those clients really want and what they can be helped with. I think there's a lot of strategic help that the accountant can provide to those clients, to, to several of their clients, and there's real opportunity there. Yes, I agree. That's exactly it in a nutshell. Yeah. Well, Penny, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much and uh, for telling us about Ashgrove Concepts, and I wish you all the success in the world. Good luck with your well, new thank- website rollout. Well, thank you very much. And um, I, I just thought I should add uh, the website, you'll find it under Ashgrove Learning because that's how we set that up as opposed to Ashgrove Concepts, and I forgot to mention that earlier, but probably important if you're trying to search for it. Yes, yes, great. Okay, well, Penny, thank you very much. Thank you. We'd like to thank you for listening in on this podcast. To learn more about Ashgrove Learning, please visit ashgrovelearning.ca. To learn more about Poe Group Advisors, please visit www.pogroupadvisors.com.